Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Buzz Lightyear. You're so gay. <laughs> Not Buzz. No, you are just for saying that you're just doing anything to that movie. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> you had a dream Lightyear. about it and you know what happens in your dreams, <laughs> especially yours. And Jen's I did too, not apparently. have a dream about it. So yeah. anyway, um, hey, welcome back to the episode. We're going to be talking about the fantastic new to us movie. It came out earlier this year and it's finally on um, iTunes and Vudu to buy or rent. I suggest just buying it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The latest A24 uh, outing from, well, starring Michelle Yeoh, who is amazing. But it's um, written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Sheenert. Um, anyway, you might know them from Swiss Army Man, which is a fantastic movie with Danny Radcliffe. I've not seen that. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, they also, uh, or Quan wrote a really good episode of Legion, uh, chapter 23. And they were involved with like Children's Hospital on, um, what's it called? Adult Swim. Uh, anyway. So yeah, excited to talk about that. We uh, we're, we're we're on Top Gun box office watch uh, as it tracks to beep, 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 get beep, to beep, a billion beep. a billion dollars, which I think will be Tom Cruise's first billion dollar film. Really? No, yeah. Mission Impossible weren't one of the Mission Impossible movies. Did they? Billion? I don't or know. We, we, close? we can check here in a second. Um, we we're on Ezra Miller watch. <laughs> Well, who isn't? Right. Can't find him. So everyone's so be on the lookout for Ezra Miller. Look under rocks. Um, check European bathhouses. Um, you know anywhere the like you know like snail slime. Look under snail slime. He might be under there because uh, that dude sucks. Uh, we're gonna talk about Vinnie Mac in 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 some WWE issues, which is is gonna be interesting and fun because I actually have a hot take on this one. And then uh, Stephen Colbert sparked an insurrection. Throw him under the jail. Honestly, like everyone involved with that should be put in, in jail in solitary confinement for a year. Yep. I mean, if we're, we're going by how things are going. By the way, yep. you're correct. There's none of the Top Gun or none of the Top Gun. None yep. of the Mission Impossible movies have made a billion okay. fallout what's closest yeah. at 791 yeah so i mean but those movies are made for nothing when and like in the, in the scheme of things right um mm -hmm. and we're also going to talk about episodes four and five of the boys uh so with that being said uh how was your week was it good uh, it's just stressful yeah. and hot yeah. By the way, although this this weekend is supposed to kind of chill mm -hmm. for us over here before it, you know, they ramp it up back into the mid nineties, right? Which, yeah. I mean, it is summer. Yeah, there was a point where it was like summer. It was like it said it was like eighty seven out, and like if you looked at like what it feels like, it said one hundred three. Yeah, well, I was like, what the hell? Well, Friday was like that for me because yeah. I actually had to go into the office. Yeah. Came out and, was, and it was like about one thirty or something like that. And I'm thinking, oh, it's not too bad. It's like nice and breezy. Two hours later, when I come out, it's like, oh man, am I on Jesus, the sun? So <laughs> I have a big uh, freaking uh, mic uh, lens, just like yeah. focusing in on me. Yeah. Well, maybe in the simulation that was happening. Ah. Did you think about that? Could be. Uh, anyway, um, 
Yeah, no. So I, I started my new job this week, which was great. The only problem is, is a lot of these people are like Pacific time zone. So they like to schedule 9 a.m. meetings their time. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I've been like, can we reschedule this? Because this doesn't fit in my meal plan. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't because I fast, right? And yeah. I have to, like, I, like, my window is from noon to six to eat. So I do an 18-hour fast with a six-hour window. And if I don't eat at noon, it throws the rest of my day off because I'm not going to eat after six anyway. And you know how I get when I'm hangry. So it's like, you won't like me when I'm hangry. I get big and green and turn into a rage monster. Um, but no, but also like, you know, it's like, come on, like, I'm not going to schedule 7am meetings for you guys. So like, give me some, some grace here. Uh, anyway, but it's really cool. It was a good first week. Um, it was, it's going to be, it's gonna be an interesting challenge, which will be fun. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to talk about where I got my job, though. Um, it's not the government. Oh, man, I wish it was. Think of all the documents I could leak Snowden style. <laughs> See, I wouldn't leak him Snowden style because he was just a leaker, right? He wasn't a whistleblower. Like, him and Assange. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Rabbit hole. Right, right. 100%. I'm going to be like, the difference between a leaker and a and a... A few hours later. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's talk about Top Gun box office. This is great. I'm so excited for this movie. One, because it was so good and we loved it so much. But it is just crushing it at the box office still. Absolutely. It's just crushing. On Friday, this past Friday. Wait, where are we? Yeah. The 10th. So a week ago. Um, so we have the box office through Thursday the 16th. So July July 10th it went from it did 14 million that Friday and then that Saturday it went up to 20 million and then only fell down on Sunday to 17. So like people are definitely going to see this over and over again in the box office. And it's in um 500 less theaters than than it has been. Okay, yeah, I see that. So in week 1 it was in um 4735, 4,735 theaters. In week two, they upped it to 4,751 to meet demand. And right now it's in 4,262, which is still huge for a third week of a movie. Think about this. When's the last time? Like not even Star Wars. Um, Not not any of the Star Wars, like, let me rephrase this. Not any of the Disney Star Wars um, had that number of theaters at the third week. Yeah, th- I mean, this has been I mean, it's very huge. impressive. Yeah, so. it's I, in the sense of, you know, just everything about this movie. And this is one of the reasons why I'm really, even though it's a year from now, I'm excited mm-hmm. for yeah. Mission Impossible. One, oh, right. because the last three movies have been so great. But right. you also know what Tom Cruise puts into it. And that's one of the big reasons, because he's all about entertainment. And this movie is, mm-hmm. you know, I anybody i talked to right i had a coworker a, a week ago ask about that and you know she was like you know some people told me it was good and i just i went on like a four minute just <laughs> like how good talk, telling her how good it was and her like how her and her husband need to see it yeah yeah t, it, t- tommy cruise man he, he got it he gets it done um yeah so this will be his first billion dollar movie if it makes it there i mean it's close it is, it's at 800 mil 806 million three hundred and sixty seven thousand. Five hundred and forty-five dollars and change. 
Um, yeah, it's like this is this is great. I mean, this is. But here's the thing, though. We keep talking about how great this movie is. Um, just like that meme about who radicalized you. This is just a normal movie from 2012. Uh, what do you mean normal? Well, I'm just saying, cause everyone's like, Oh, well it's this and it's that. And it's not this. And it's not that, you know, when it comes to like oh, I politics see, yeah. and things like that, it's like, yeah. no, this is just I, a normal movie. This is what we've forgotten about. This is why yeah. this is a, is a, this one, it is a good movie. It's a good story. At the same time, it is a mashup of the first Top Gun and the first Star Wars movie. Just had a baby, yeah. and we got an adorable Michael, uh, Miles Teller with yeah. a mustache. Yes. So. And 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 it has some some stunts you've never seen in movies before as well. Just Correct. By the fact, and and that just adds to everything. Right. But yeah, you're right in the sense of it just does what we've always said movies should do. Mm-hmm. Just entertain us. Just tell me a story. Tell me a good story. Yeah. Have have That's actors it. do good work in the in the movies. Yes. Like, um, I will say we're we're both big fans of Jason Whitlock, and every time he opens his mouth lately, I'm becoming less of a fan of his. He was calling Top Gun a woke movie, and he was like, "Oh, well, it has the diversity core," and it's like, I'm just gonna cuss. It's like motherfucker. You know, there are you know. there are. It doesn't. There are not just white male pilots in the Air Force. There are women. Yeah. There are women fighter pilots now. There are you know every color, creed, whatever you want. Like the the U.S. Air Force so, has that at this point. So we says this a lot. We we say this a lot about people and how they use words. And I'm gonna yeah. talk about like what I saw on Brett Cooper. You keep using that word. Yeah. I don't think it means what you think it means. Actually, what he needs to do is go touch grass. <laughs> So I will say, I will say in, in, in to, to say something nice about my, my formerly favorite sports writer, he looks great. He's losing oh, man, a ton of weight. Jay yes. Whitlock, keep it up, dude. Keep that up. But at the same time, I don't, I don't believe for a second he believes anything he said about Top Gun. Yeah, it came, it came off as a little bit forced to yep. me. Like for just for, uh, and this is a lot of with, with, with what I've seen in ESPN. Mm -hmm. They take opinions that, oh, I mean, not recently, just but over the years. Right. So this is not recent, where it's like, you don't really believe that. You're just doing that for mm -hmm. clicks, for views, for controversy. So You're just doing it for the gram, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but, what the kids say. Right. But, I mean, to, to be fair, though, like... um. It went so far out of its way to do, to to do any of what he's claiming, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah. But and and right. the important thing is, all everybody was treated the same. Everybody, you know, uh, Maverick treated mm -hmm. everybody like, right. hey, you didn't get this done. Right. And nobody was like a super whatever. Everybody saved each other's ass at least once. So. Right. Um. And I loved having the, I don't, did I have the conversation with you? I had a conversation about this the other day about, they're like, oh yeah, uh, Rooster was like Maverick and Goose was like, I, or uh, Goose, um, Rooster was like Maverick and, and Hangman was like Iceman. It's like, flip that. No, no. Flip it. Hangman was Maverick. 100%. Absolutely. And, and he was Maverick to another degree because of the cockiness. Um, but the mission that they were going on called for my favorite word, restraint. Restraint and teamwork. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's let's talk about new stuff because like we're gonna. I mean, we're we're gonna talk about this until it hits a billion dollars, 
And yes. even if we have to go watch it in IMAX 6K like four times to push it over, because it's about a quarter million dollars to go see an IMAX movie at this point in the movie theater, <laughs> um, we're going to do it. And, and Daryl is going to pay for it. So it's awesome. And I appreciate that, D. All right. <laughs> Moving on to Ezra Miller. Um, wow. Oh, what a fucktard. Right? There's nothing good I can say about that. Okay. Here's nothing the thing. Good. Ezra Miller has done so much shit in the last two years. And for whatever reason, he, I'm he, I'm not, I'm not using improper English to talk about this idiot. Um, he <laughs> has like attacked people, injured people. Now he groomed some kid. And now, like you said, there's, there's another protection order. Um, one for, a uh, a twelve year old in Massachusetts and one for Gibson Iron Eyes, the eighteen year old who's who is a Standing Rock activist who was allegedly groomed by Miller, according to this article that we're reading, um, and according to parents Chase Iron Eyes and Sarah Jumping Eagle, um, and authorities have been unable to locate Miller to in order to serve these orders. So uh, protection orders, temporary restraining order. That's what these are. It's to, to get these people away from him. Um, why DC and War why DC and specifically Warner brothers has not come out and said, you're done. We're not putting the flash out with you. We're not paying you another dime. We're going to go get um, Dylan O'Brien and we're going to refilm all of your scenes with him. Yeah, I, I, well, I was going to say, I don't know why they're not doing anything, but we all know why they're not doing well, anything. Because, right now. because it's Hollywood and they're all pedophiles. Yeah. And because he looks at himself as a certain way, mm -hmm. you can't tell me, you can't tell me, because what he's done on camera right. that we've seen is worse than the allegations. Because, again, with the yeah. whole Johnny Depp never right. hurt, they right. were only allegations. There was no proof. And, and let's be honest. What Amber Heard has done, yeah, is less than the is what he has done. And there, they are actively trying to figure out how to get her out of the last ten minutes of, of Aquaman that they left her in. Right. And here's the thing: leave her in, leave her in Aquaman, because they they were talking about like, oh well, you know, we we cut we cut her down because of chemistry with Jason Momoa, and we editorially got around that in the first movie. Leave her in, prove it. I mean, we all saw it because we're not Amber Heard simps, but like, you know, at the end of the day, did she look like what we would want Mira to look like? Absolutely. Yeah. Is she, yeah. is she aesthetically very attractive? 100%. Can she act? Absolutely not. No. Um, what was the movie she was in with Nicolas Cage where he was the demon who had the, oh, the muscle uh, car? Drive Angry. Drive Angry. Yeah. Drive yeah. Angry. That was the first thing I saw her in. And I was like. I really like Nicolas Cage in this movie because this is who Nicolas Cage should be in movies. And like, we've gotten that ever since. Um, and I was like, I don't know who this girl is. She's aesthetically perfect, but like she, she, she should not have a career in Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, and before we started recording, I told you that it seems like the, uh, the Warner bros are trying to are saying to themselves, Maybe if we stay quiet, this is going to disappear. They're just no. they're, they're hiding behind the curtains, but you can still see mm -hmm. their feet, and they're like, "You can't see yeah. me. I'm hiding." Yeah. And the problem Shh, is, I'm hiding. You can't see me. 
if something <laughs> really, really bad happens, yeah. which I really, I hope it does not, they are going to look so much worse than if they come out, say, month, sometime next week and say, okay, we're doing this. Right. This is unacceptable. Right. They're just going to look, they're going to look like enablers. Well, they kind of already, they did. already are enablers because they, they already haven't, are. They, they, already haven't, are. they haven't come out and condemned his behavior once. They haven't been like, Mr. Miller's behavior is unfathomable and an irre, irre whatever. Anyway, um, eerie whateverable. <laughs> Can't think of words are hard. Um, oh, I did good. We're 16 minutes in before I got to a words are hard. Did we even did you even have to do that one last week? I don't think I've a couple done weeks it. without having I, to I've do gone that. a couple weeks, but I'm just saying, usually when I have yeah. a words are hard, it's right at the beginning of the episode. Like but, first, but, yeah, first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this is the thing is like, this is, this is that, that leftist. Cause like we, we need to start like, you know, I mean, we, we, we talk, we're, we're, we're getting deeper and deeper into this stuff and we're going to review what is a woman at some point this week or next, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it needs to be talked about. Well, actually what we'll probably do is do a double feature with that and tear on the prairie. Um, but yeah. Um, but no, there, this isn't a liberal bias because this is a leftist bias. This is, this is a bias to the smallest percentage of the population possible. And they're catering to all of this bad behavior. It's like, it's like the drag shows for kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like the fact that they're trying to normalize this and like the, the guy in Norway who's like, well, no pedophilia is just a sexual preference. That dude deserves a piece of lead attached through the center of his forehead at a high rate of velocity. Um, you know, just just for even suggesting that. Yeah. And and you have like Christina Aguilera, who if you remember what was it, ten was it oh, was like it was almost twenty years ago at this point, the Janet Jackson Justin Timberlake thing. Oh, the uh Super Bowl nipple Nipplegate. Slip. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She was banned from T V for a year. Yeah. And, and now- Christina Chris- Aguilera stands up with a twelve inch green marital aid attached to her and that's that's celebrated and and see this is this is like when we get into that slippery slope argument we're there we're we're at we're 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 sliding down that slope because warner brothers because the rest of hollywood is not saying look this kid has a problem he has an issue We've been we were we've been so trained to be like, oh, well, this is a famous actor. So it's just them being artistic. No. If you remember in, in Roman days, actors were the lowest form of entertainers. Yeah. Gladiators were were higher on the food chain than actors. And, you know, maybe what we need is a coliseum again. And, and we need to put actors back where they belong at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, they're just modern day jesters. They should not be making hundreds of millions of dollars to pretend for a living. And especially when, when, when not all of them, I mean, there are, there are some that are good out there for sure. But when, when they act like this, no, thank you. Like, this is why I watch less and less and less of this stuff every day. Yeah. And, and it goes to saying this, this is bled over, well, uh, uh, in the sports and in, mm-hmm. in as well. Well, here let's let's, I mean, let's move on to the next story since like it actually makes sense of what you're talking it about. Actually, here. yeah, this is a you you just had a great segue. So, um, <laughs> all right, so Vinnie Mac, uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, 
uh, if you will, has been forced to step down as the WWE CEO among misconduct allegations uh, for an affair and a $3 million payment like of uh, for an NDA and kind of, I guess you'd call it hush money. Um, man, Stormy Daniels, she only got like, what, 500,000, 300,000? Yeah. Dude, the going yeah. rate. Dude, fucking, <laughs> dude, inflation, man, since what was that, like 2014? <laughs> so thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, former vice president. Um, anyway, I, I, I have a really hot take on this. What's that? It was a consensual relationship between two adults. The fact that it's an affair is horrible. It's awful. Should not be celebrated. Shouldn't even be looked at positively, right? Correct. But it's a consensual relationship. Even, even this person has come out and she said it was consensual. Um, this is the least of the reasons that Vince McMahon should be stepping down as CEO and chairman of WWE. Correct. Now, here's We've the thing. We've talked about this. This is years. right. We have. And, and here's the thing is this is all just lip service because he's still in charge of talent and he's still in charge of um, uh, talent relations, right? Um, the, the What's good from this is Stephanie McMahon is getting to step up and she's getting her time to be the uh, the head of the table. You know, she she gets to she gets to run the show. And I'm really interested to see where she's going to go with it because she's, she's, she's done really good as like that brand ambassador, that like that brand leader making it into the multi-billion dollar company that it is. She, she's definitely been highly involved in that. Um, let's let, you know, Paul Heyman with, I don't know who to put him with. But like, let's let Paul Heyman like kind of put him with someone with some restraint, and let's let's see what happens and what kind of stars that they can build. Uh, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon had a consensual affair with a coworker, and said, "Hey, look, I'm going to pay this." The only reason this came out is because like the. You know, people were looking at the books and they're like, hey, what is this weird $3 million payment to this person who we let go? <laughs> like, it wasn't even like, no one complained about it. There were no issues. And now I have all these people playing like, oh, well, I knew he was doing, you know, it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. Let, let's stop. Let's stop saying that. Um, but yeah, it's just, come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And my biggest thing about the whole how this affects WWE is what's been bringing them down for the last several years is Vince McMahon and well, the yeah. the create the creative storytelling yeah. or lack thereof that has plagued the WWE for several years. I mean, yes, there are pockets here and there that mm -hmm. work, but for the most part, is it's boring and uninteresting. That's why I stopped watching a few years ago. It's just right. the same old thing. Yeah. There's, just, there's, it's just bo it's boring. Mm -hmm. And then you turn on AEW, which so much of their stuff actually makes sense and hits. Not everything, no, but so much of it does. And it, and just watching the difference in audience participation, because what you get versus the corporate aspect WWE, and you need mm -hmm. you need somebody in there that knows what. That knows what they're doing and is is not afraid to change their way of thinking. Right. 
and that's not Vince McMahon. No. And and as far as whatever all this happened, I, I like how you said it, you know it should not be celebrated that because you know it is an affair. It's I, again I don't know the relationship between Vince and Linda. Um, I had, I think I was re- listening to one of the wrestling podcasts saying that it's known that they they're still married but they're not mm-hmm. necessarily they live separate lives. I don't right. know that. But it's uh, the fact is this is this it was two consenting adults. I know a lot of times with something like this, people say, "Well, he was the one that had the power." So is it really consensual? It's like, I mean, you could say that for a lot of things, right? It, I mean, but the fact is that it happened between two consenting adults. Yep. And I, I'm just curious about because one some of the things I've heard about Stephanie being like when she took that leave of absence. And her being crushed on the way out. Well, I didn't yeah, read I mean, they the buried her said. on the way out. They buried her. It was just, you know, it, it was ugly. And it's like, why would you do that? Because he did that to Shane the first time Shane left WWE. I, yeah, like, they I They buried that, Shane yeah. on the way out. Um, did you see... I'm sorry, I'm going to change the subject for something we don't have. Did you see this Game of Thrones Jon Snow sequel series in development at HBO? I did see that. All right. I'm, I don't want to talk too much about this, um, but no. <laughs> they are doing the Marvel thing now with Game of Thrones, where it's like, we didn't ask for this. We don't want it. We don't need it. I mean, the only character that's more boring than Jon Snow is Bran Stark. <laughs> I love Jon Snow, though. Ugh. But I... I Give me an yeah, Arya series. I, Give me an Arya series where she goes around and she's a master assassin. See, that would be more yeah, interesting. Yeah. That so. would be more interesting because you would be checking out places that you've mm-hmm. never seen in game of thrones yep. and she's a that's where she was man, going right yeah because so. that's where she was going she was yep. going you know have, have anybody has anyone been that way yet yeah okay that's where i want to go we'll find that out. would be more much more interesting yeah all right let's uh let's move on to the the our last news bite because we're at about a half hour already um insurrection insurrection never for never Trek. forget the insurrection of uh, when was this? <laughs> never forget. <laughs> no, never forget May 29th. Um, and if you are interested in what I'm talking about, go look that up. The May 29th insurrection. No, so this was a this was a couple days ago. I want to say it was on the 15th. So yeah, the 6:15 insurrection. Um, so members from the Late Show with uh, Stephen Colbert were. Arrested the unfunny Stephen Colbert. The 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 math. He's never been. I've never been a fan. Um, the so late show staffers arrested for unlawful entry at the U.S. Capitol after taping Triumph the Insult Comic Dogs uh, skit, uh, including Robert Smigel, who is the voice of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Anyway, that being said, yeah, this was the June June fifteenth insurrection. So let's let's not. Not men's words here. So they were arrested for being in the U.S. Capitol building, trespassing without proper ID or proper um, chaperones. So here's a fun thing. When you want to go to the Capitol building as press, you're allowed in certain areas. When the building is closed, if you want to be in there, you have to be accompanied by a member of the office that signed off on you being there. Anyway, Adam Schiff let them in. Just let them in and then let them run wild. And they were caught. 
So he's a Democrat from California. So that tells you everything you need to know about him and why I want less and less people from California speaking on behalf of what my, what our country does. Um, anyway, but these people broke in to the Capitol or I'm sorry, were let into the Capitol <clears throat> illegally without proper credentialing, without being, you know, um, properly vetted. And they were filming in front of Kevin McCarthy's office, in front of Lauren Boebert's office, in front of Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. At this point, this is some level of harassment for the sitting members of Congress. I didn't know, didn't realize all of that. Yeah. So, see, this is the thing: is it's not widely being covered. Um, so, you know, we we have uh, this special committee for for January six riots. Um, and yes, there were parts of that, that were riots. There was one half of the building where there was all sorts of people who were doing stupid shit. Here's the thing. The only person that died in that was an unarmed Trump supporter that the video is actually showing was trying to help people who was not trying to like break into anything, which is like these, these trials have been great because it just makes their, it makes the narrative just fall apart. Um, but you have people like Liz Cheney. It's like, hey, Liz Cheney, you're a quote-unquote Republican. Why don't you uh, use this committee that you're on to say, hey, we need to look at this insurrection into the uh, into the building. And you, you have them going after Barry Milklauder, which I love that name, saying that he led a, led a group of Republicans on January 5th around the Capitol as a reconnaissance mission. What is Adam Schiff doing? What are the Democrats planning here in the b before the midterm elections? You know, I mean, if, if this is what you're going to do, this is what we have to talk about. Yeah. And I get so sick of having to go through this stuff. Right. I mean, when you have Jake Paul being a voice of reason on the Internet, we are in the darkest timeline. <laughs> wow, that was... And it's it'll that's that's very interesting because you look at how like Jake Paul's fan base and how many people in his fan base like listen to everything he says. Yeah, hopefully he red pills some of these people, you know. Yeah, right. But I, you know, here's the thing: is at the end of the day, I'm being facetious. This is not an insurrection. But what this is is this is gross negligence on the part of Adam Schiff. Yes. You don't know who you, you know, you, you, you're like, Oh, these are Hollywood types. They're fine. Are they? Look at what Ezra Miller's doing. Yeah. It's look and at, that's, that's you what know, you're... look at, like, you know, look at the, the, the moral flexibility in Vince McMahon. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we've been talking about yeah. in the sense of you can't, you shouldn't be treating them like they're special. No, I mean, you should them... be treating them like they're special, well, but special, on the bus yeah. that's vertically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> rather than like, you know, you're just great. You're who's a good boy. Who's a good boy. Um, yeah, it's, just, but I mean, this is ridiculous. And Stephen Colbert is legitimately one of the worst people on television when he's like, I hope gas gets to $15 and I'll drive by in my Tesla. Great. You're super wealthy and you can afford a Tesla. What about all the people who can't afford a $60,000 car? And, and the, the, the examples uh, yeah. of we both do well for a yeah. living. We both do well in our in our in our professional lives. We can I can't afford a Tesla. 
I'm, I'm, yeah. I can't afford $800 payment. Everyone's like, well, yeah, but you're going to have savings because you don't have to pay for gas or maintenance. Yeah, but I'm going to have to pay $10,000 every four years to get your battery put in it. Yeah. And never mind the fact, like, where does, the, where does that battery come from? Lithium mines. Do you know how hard it is to mine lithium and how much gas goes into that? Like, the big haulers that are digging that ground go through, like, something like 8,000 gallons an hour of gas. That's insane. Right? That's crazy. Right? Anyway, um, I, I, just, I love this. It's like, give, give me that little battery that those, uh, those guys are working on with the, the bit of depleted uranium in there that'll run my phone for 10,000 years. Figure out yeah. how to make my car run on that. Or garbage. I mean, wasn't that supposed to happen in Yeah, well, we're, no, 2025. Or 2055. Okay. 2055. I mean, we're still 30 years away from Mr. Garbage. Ah, <sighs> so. But, you know, yeah. I mean, the Cubs did win a World Series at some point, right? Did yeah, they, they win? Did. Yeah, they did. They won. So, I yeah, mean, they did. you know. So, hey, Simpsons writers, write like, hey, this, we're going to have nuclear powered cars in the next 10 years. So it'll happen, in, you know, because you guys are seers. But no, when it comes to this shit, it's uh like I so the Hollywood reporter link that I have in there I'm actually going to add a second link to this from uh the rap because it actually goes a little further into this but uh the Hollywood reporter article is just talking about a number of people working like doesn't really go into it they really talk about Robert Smigel the voice of Triumph the insult comic dog you know this is such a great insurrection for me to poop on anyway <laughs> cuz that's what Triumph does for me to yeah. poop on um, but it says here, according to a statement from U.S. Capitol Police, a group was confronted by police in Longworth Hall office buildings around 8.30 p.m. Thursday after it was closed to visitors. Responding officers, and the reason the officers found out about this, because they were running through the halls, banging on doors and yelling. Anyway, responding officers observed seven individuals unescorted and without congressional ID on the sixth floor hallway. They should have shot them all on site. And I'm not kidding. They should have just pulled out their guns and shot them all on sight. The building was closed to visitors, and these individuals were determined to be part of a group that had been directed by the USCP to leave the building earlier in the day. They were kicked out. They were charged with unlawful entry, according to the USPC. So that's United States Capitol Police, if you're not sure what I'm talking about. This is an active criminal investigation and may result in additional charges after uh, consultation with the U.S. attorney. Uh, The statement said, that is where the Hollywood reporter stops talking about this. Now, in the article in The Wrap, um, Tucker Carlson actually was calling these guys out like... um, you know, going like whole ham about it and, and, you know, reading the names of the people. And if you want to find the names, you can go read it on Twitter. Um, but at, at the end of the day, these people are lucky they weren't shot on site. Now they're being accused of the same thing that many people who were let in by police officers on January 6th, there's video of police officers. Come on in. We don't agree with what you're doing, but we respect it. Oh, you want to pose for a selfie with me? Here we go. That's all over. That there's there's hours of videos of that, right? Yeah, that's and that's not deniable. That's not hearsay. Right. That's no. not. Oh no, no, that's absolute 
fat. Yeah. That that, that's, that's been in multiple trials. Like there are people who are actively going through the legal process f- over a year from a thing that happened over a year ago that they're being kept in solitary confinement in Washington, DC throw all of these motherfuckers in solitary confinement for a year. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd rather throw the people that are responsible. Well, for I mean, Adam, those- Adam shift is obviously a part of this insurrection. So, um, I don't think league, I mean, legally that's sedition on his part as a sitting member of Congress. Isn't this treasonous? Yeah. And and I find it fascinating how little the Hollywood reporter tells and, you know, some of the stuff you're talking about and and is that in the rap article? What's your, where you're coming from? Yeah. This is really bare bones. So Adam Schiff was the leader in the Russiagate hoax. And he is the leader in, in, in one of the leaders. And this was a, this was a, what happened last year was a coup. Now, if these people knew words, if, if they agreed at the same language as the rest of the human race, they would understand that is not a coup. You, you, you yeah, don't have like, a coup when you have unarmed people rush into a building. Yeah. They, that's, so, again, it goes, but uh, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. So um, Carlson says, how in the world can shift who spent the last year and a half eliminating the civil liberties of Trump voters on the basis of January 6th do the exact same thing and not face punishment? Uh, he closed the statement by it with another needling of rep, 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 words are hard, rep Liz Cheney, one of two Republicans, and Republicans should definitely be in quotes there because she and Adam Katzenberg, or Adam Kitzbinger are not Republicans, on the House Special Committee for the January 6th hearings Liz Cheney call your office he said tongue firmly and cheek you've got another campaign another committee to impanel um <laughs> so yeah so there's actually so on this rap article they have like the entire clip of like what Tar- Tucker Carlson was uh talking about and you know it, it's just one of those things that um you know it, we all have to live uh, by the same rules, right? I think that, you know, I, I, I haven't changed my stance. If you were there and you were breaking shit and you were breaking windows and you were going up and over things to get into the building, yes, you should be charged with the misdemeanor that that is and you should be fined and, and whatever. You should have your due process, your speedy due process is guaranteed by the Constitution. If you were one of these uh, MAGA memos, as they call them, who was walking around the Capitol waving flags, looking confused. No, <laughs> you were let in. I watched it. I watched it on C-SPAN because I was sitting here working. It was when I was working for that political website. I was sitting here working and I, I, I had C-SPAN on all day, every day when I was working there. And I, I still have C-SPAN on most of the day here um, because I actually like to watch the hearings, I enjoy the whole process of laws getting signed into, or uh, bills getting signed into laws, um, you know, and and it, it's it's interesting to watch the uh, what's the what's the word that I'm looking for the estranged version of our our political system at the moment, but mm-hmm. you know that being said, fuck you, Stephen Colbert. Yes. All right, let's move on to something more fun and talk about the boys. The uh, boys. The boys. So we have uh, season three, episodes four and five. Uh, season episode four, the glorious five-year plan. And episode five, the last time the world looked on uh, this world of lies. 
Oh, the last time to look on this world of lies. Sorry. Can't, I can't read either today. All right. Uh, out of 10 24-hour superpowers, what do you give these two episodes as a whole? We'll just knock that out first. <laughs> I was about to say, I give it a four. Because I'm four? so used to doing four out of, yeah. four out of five. So an eight? But, uh, You're going to go Yeah, uh, Yeah, I it? think. Uh, no, I, actually, no. Uh, I'll, I'll probably tone it down to about a seven. Seven, five. Yeah. Uh, they, well, they well which one is it? Seven bit. or seven, five? Seven point five. Seven point five. That's what I meant. Seven, yeah. Seven, no, five. no. No, I said is it seven or seven? Seven five. Anyway. Uh, okay. So yeah, I, I I like what they did as far as toning down some of the gore and and they're focusing more on the story and we're getting more of that because there's a there's a line and we'll talk a bit more about it in the sense of you know you have to have a line because if you're you cross that line. Of, of who you're fighting for. How do you know where you stand? And that, that was a big part of these two episodes that, you know, with butcher and then Huey, you know, especially in the beginning of this season, Huey was like, okay, we're going to fight these guys this way. Right. The right way as he says, mm -hmm. but now it's, Hey, we're going to fight them just like they fight each other. So is it, or is, does that mean you're going to become what you're fighting against? Right. So, so um, in in episode four, um, we have the fallout of uh, you know what happened at the end of of the previous episode to um, not Gus, John Carlo but Stan, uh, and uh, from Victoria turning on him and Stan Edgar or Edgar, right? No wait. Stan Edgar. Stan Edgar, yeah. Um, and, you know, how she betrayed him, and then she's in the media now accusing him of all this corruption. And there is a great scene with her, or with, with Edgar and Homelander, um, where he's kind of, he's out and he's, you know, getting everything, uh, getting ready to leave. And, and, you know, he's just, God, he's the bravest guy on the show. Yeah, I never respected you. I never. You're you're just bad. You're just bad product. It was like, oh my god, that was awesome. It's like, what's happening here? Is he gonna kill him? Please don't kill him. He's one of the best parts of the show. <laughs> um, and then you had Victoria giving her daughter Zoe the compound V. Oh man, that was that was heartbreaking to watch. I, and, and we, you know, we don't get like what happens after that. So that's going to be something, uh, probably the last one of the last couple episodes we'll see more of. Yeah. But man, that is, that did not look, did not look good. Well, and she's like, it's just a little prick. It's like, Oh my God, you're lying to her. Why would you lie to her about this? It's like, this is going to be the most painful thing you ever go through. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, you have, uh, but everything that's going on with their, uh, with little Nina and like getting to Russia, um, they agree to assassinate one of her targets, which, uh, the woman of the species does with our Kamiko, I guess that's what they call her in the show. Um, what she does with, uh, the seven themed marital aids. Um, <laughs> it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, and she saves all the hookers and then gets a, a bullet to the brain for it. And then she wakes up and, and she feels really bad about herself. 
Yeah. And we also get, you know, A Train mm -hmm. is like he is very because again he's one of he can't really use his powers because he'll die. Of yeah, of the content. <laughs> you sound like Rocket when you said that. <laughs> oh, it's a plan. Yeah. So I'm actually as much as I'm getting annoyed by and and not that it's one sided, but I I've, I said this last week when we talked about it. The boys is in some some things is way too on the nose, which I know they're doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of it it, it works for comedy, uh, yeah. you know, for comedic purposes. But it, it just it, it gets a little bit annoying that yeah. it's like okay, what other you know talking point can we hit? And again, like I said, they they go they they do sort of like a Family Guy in the sense of they're kind of making fun of everything. Mm -hmm. But again, it still doesn't take away from the fact that it's it's a little too on the nose at times. Right. But yeah. as far as uh, uh, A Train, I, it's it's he's in a very curious position of he can't really be a part of the seven in the sense of actually using his powers. Right. So he's trying to do that because you know his brother is is big and you know, big in the black community, and there are some issues going on, particularly with what was his name, uh, Blue. I was about to say Blue Falcon. Blue Hawk. It's not Blue Falcon, but Blue Hawk, uh, who is policing just the black neighborhoods, evidently. Right. But he is trying to balance that, A-Train, I mean, you know, being there for his brother, but not stepping on toes. Mm -hmm. And he also wants to gain, you know, Homelander's favor. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, who wouldn't want to gain the favor of a homicidal maniac that could kill you on a whim? I, but, I mean, yeah. who, who who wouldn't? I mean, you, you, you would definitely want to have, have that person's favor. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so there was that. And then um, Alex, what was his, what's the his hero name? Supersonic. Supersonic, thank you. Uh, comes to, to A-Train and he's like, hey, let's, uh, let, together we can all take him. And it's like, uh, he, cause I don't think Alex knows that a train can't run. Yeah. I don't think he does. I don't um, think many people do. I no, mean, they, right? they keep asking him, but yeah. he, yeah, nobody really knows. No, but, um, so yeah, so like, and, and so that happens and you know, then we've got a uh, home light hashtag home light and they leave and they're about to get in the car and he's like, let's fly. And it, I totally forgot in the TV show, she can't fly. Oh yeah. So, um, anyway, so he takes her on their date. <laughs> it's the most romantic date. It's on a, on a beautiful size skyscraper with, uh, the sights of New York city and Oh, Alex's corpse that has been Homelander. I mean, <laughs> That was vicious. I think we need to start using Homelander as a verb. It's been Homelandered. It was, you know. <laughs> so. Um, but, but again, yeah. and not just this episode, but, you know, all, like the whole season, the whole series, Anthony Starr is just mm -hmm. incredible. He, like I said, we uh, I had been watching Dexter, and he has that same look, except in and, and, and that same is he going to do something that's just absolutely ridiculous? Oh, you mean like Michael C. Hall had the entire time he was on that show? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
how is he holding this all back? <laughs> right. And that's the way, and when Homelander smiles, that's when it gets you get a little bit nervous. You get the most nervous when he smiles. I get the creepy because, crawlies when he smiles. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's a bad one. Um Yeah, it was it was just really it was a really interesting episode um confronting Annie and then he leaves her there with Alex's uh dismembered body, which was rough. Yeah, and this was someone that, you know, this was one of her, you know, her first boyfriend, first everything. Yeah. And just to see him and and again, there has to be some guilt there of her bringing him into mm-hmm. this. That I wonder how that will play out because we do get her confronting in the next episode. She does confront uh, A Train yeah. about being such a chicken shit about. I know, think that's what he did. That's how they're dealing with it. I don't think we're going to see that again unless it comes back where she kills A Train. Yeah, which she really should because he turns on her at every possible turn. Oh, absolutely. Um, was it episode four or five where we had him in the deep fighting? Uh, four. When yeah. that was hilarious in the hallway when they got into it. <laughs> you gill punched me. Yeah, and and he was like, "Go ahead, run." There <laughs> <laughs> uh, was just those two idiots. Uh, like, I want to see more of that. Like, just them backstabbing each other constantly. I think that would be really funny. Yeah. The hard part is there's so much that's going on. You have all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then you have Soldier Boy, who we actually finally see. We mm-hmm. caught him at the tail end of episode four. Yeah, and he had the uh, Kamiko uh, with a chest blast. Yep. Which, as of now, that's completely negated all her powers or healing yeah. her strength. It uh, like is that temporary? Is that I, I don't know. What is that? So that's uh, that's and, not that's not his power in the comic book. Right. Yeah. Actually, in the and, comic, he's um his power is is like you know, use that that menu that um, Postmates put out. Yeah, yeah, I I think <laughs> that's a very diplomatic way of saying that, wasn't it? Anyway, yeah, oh um, yeah, I, and I'm wondering <laughs> if they're kind of because there's a lot of things that have changed from yeah. the comics to this. Oh yeah, and I'm wondering if Which they're, is gonna, great. they're using I mean, it's him. Fine, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine, and they're using him as the foil that they use Black Noir for in the comics, as far as facing off on Homelander. Um, so I think, I hope that they don't like. So I hope this turns out to be a temporary thing, because right, I want season five. Right, we're in season four. No, season four. We're in season, season, yeah. season three. I want season four. To be Homelander as a normal person for a little while. So a loss of his power. Yeah, like kind of like Superman too. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, and then he struggles, and he has to find a way to get like more Compound V. The only problem with that is if he's a normal person, what are the odds of he's he's surviving with Butcher as hell bent as he is? Well, and then Butcher has to protect him, him because. Soldier Boy will turn on the boys, and they're like, "Oh wait, no, actually, we did need we did need Homelander." <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, there's a there's lot so of many different ways you can go with the story that are yeah. that are interesting, and 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 to be honest, that's where I trust Eric Kripke is is going mm-hmm. in an interesting direction with the show, 
And yeah. now that he has his boy Jensen to run another, to lead another show and lead another cast for him, you know. Yeah. And this, this is an example of how keeping the spirit alive from the comic, but not necessarily have to go in note for note can still be effective. Yeah. And it also helps that you have talented writers as well. Talented Absolutely. and experienced yeah. writers. Right. I mean, like, I, I think the attention to detail on the show is better than most of the superhero stuff we're getting right now. Um, Absolutely it is. I don't support Disney, so I haven't watched a minute of Kenobi, and I'm not going to watch Miss Marvel. I just am not interested in, I'm not interested in watching them degrade two of my favorite franchises, you know, the, the Captain Marvel universe and Star Wars um, anymore. Yeah, that we we've talked about the Kenobi off off air, and again, mm-hmm. I, I know we have what two weeks for Love and Thunder to come out. Is and it again, two I'm, weeks? I will. I have I have no idea when it's coming. No, no, out. no. It's it's three weeks. I think it's J- July seventh. Okay. I, yeah, I have zero idea when it's coming out. So, uh, but I yeah, that's that's where they've gone for me is. And that's what I like about the boys. Like you said, I love the attention yeah. to details. And yes, I've, I've noted my issues with it as far as it's gore, yeah. as far as it's, you know, just everything is too on the nose. Right. But even with those two things, it still tells compelling stories yeah. and like makes me interested in even characters I don't like and or characters I'm ambivalent about necessarily. Like I'm ambivalent about a train for for example. Well, here, I let's, do like well, let's hop to, to episode five to talk about the ambivalence okay. of A-Train as well. So in, in episode five, A-Train f- demands that Blue Hawk go and like apologize to the people of Trenton, New Jersey um, in a public apology. And it just goes bad. Like everything that A-Train does um, just doesn't because he doesn't think because he's not smart. Uh it's like almost like his brother should have gotten the powers, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, but it, it just ends badly. I mean, Nathan, his brother is, you know, badly hurt. I think he's, he's now paralyzed from, from the waist down. Uh, he'll never walk again. Uh, so it'll be, in, it's interesting to see what the fallout of this is going to be because, as Blue Hawk was apologizing, they're all yelling at him. Well, would you would you have done this and would you have done that and Black Lives Matter and this and that and that and it's like, okay, he's he's trying to like give a half-assed apology. Like the 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 best thing that they could have done was like for their community was to let him give that and then be like, look at this half-assed apology this guy gave. Like, Vought does not care about us. Vought is not protecting us. Instead, they start yelling at him, and he goes to walk out, and they start getting in his face. It's like, how stupid are you to get in front of a face of someone with superpowers? Yeah, it, it's... Right? And again, I mean, I would see, I could see people doing that because people don't think a right. lot of times. Right. And, and, and you know, they don't. And, and, and this is the problem with, like, putting feelings above everything else. Um and, and here's the thing. Blue Hawk is a horrible character. Like, horrible. Like, the character, not the, it's not a horrible character. The character is horrible. He's a horrible, horrible. person. Yeah. He is, he has everything that's wrong with superheroes in this, in this world. He is, he is out of control and he's not accountable to anyone. Absolutely. And, and the best thing that they could have done is shine into the light this quote unquote apology 
And then the fact that he gets off scot-free. Yeah, that would that would have been much more damaging to the right. Vought brand. Right. Instead, because they again, look like the assholes because they as much instigated the fight as he did. Yeah. And he's the one who can literally take a bullet and walk away. Right. And I, the one thing I wasn't sure of, I know they were filming this. But I don't think it was live. I think it was one of the things they were going to film. So, of course, it's going to be edited out. I didn't see anyone in the crowd with their phone up. So it's going to be. There were a couple, I think, actually. Okay, there were. Because I was going to, I was, I was wondering if, if how, how they were, how Vought is going to handle that or how they're going to spin it in the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, because I, you know what's going to come, right? He's like, I fear it for my safety. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how are you going to fear for your safety or a soup? Right. Because well, he's, I like he's running out saying soup lives matter, soup lives matter. Which, again, is it's like, yeah. to your point, like so on the nose, it's ridiculous. Um, you're, right. you know, you, most of you are completely invulnerable. Um, so, you know, that was interesting. I think, uh, oh, so I got it mixed up. Edgar had his, his face off, his, his detente, if you will, with Homelander in this episode. Um, but we learned that Ashley is the new CEO of Vought. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And she's way in over her head. Oh yeah. And so I was actually expecting her and Homelander to start having sex. Oh, that no. Yeah, no, I, I mean no. But like still that's I, I was just kind of expecting him to like, you know, you know, now now that I'm in charge, you know, this is what's gonna yeah. happen. Um although we did get Maeve and Butcher. Yeah, which I did not once they started drinking, I kind of expected it. Well when he was telling her about the V twenty four and everything and she was like, I bet you loved it. And he's like, oh, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna be well and you and, know, and well we don't know because we don't Maeve know yeah disappears gets she, disappeared she got jumped said. she got black noirred yeah <laughs> so we're making uh, all these hero yeah. name verbs yep we're making them <laughs> verbs she got black noirred out of there um dude i still love in the first season when they're like they sent black noir and he's up on the other roof, like kind of peeking over, <laughs> which makes way more sense now, knowing what we know about him. Um, yeah. If that's the same character, if it's the same person that we saw from the the flashbacks in a couple episodes ago. But um, yeah, it was just uh, that was that was an interesting turn of events, and then the whole like extracting Soldier Boy. Well, they did they know it was Soldier Boy? Yeah, no, they knew it was Soldier Boy at this point. Well, no, no, they, they, no, no, it was the weapon. They didn't they know. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And then they open it up and they see him. We knew it was Soldier and, Boy, but they yeah. didn't. And we yeah. get kind of like what we would have gotten with uh, Steve Rogers when he's in yep. New York and looking oh, yeah. around and just, seeing everything. For the just first Soldier time. Boy's disgusted with what's yeah. happening. It was like, oh, dude, the, the look on Jensen Eccles face when, when he saw the two guys walk by and it's like. Like to us, it's no big deal. Like to us, it's just life, right? That's just a couple. That's a happy couple. Um, yeah. But to him, you know, like he's, he went away in what, the 70s, um, 80s, yeah. just during the Cold War, maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, that was not a, that was, that was, that was not, not a thing. Um, but I will say the, the whole like saving him and everything that happened with the previous episode and then the fallout of the powers and when mother, uh, with MM, um, Went all in on Huey, was great, and then yeah, Annie and went in on Huey later. 
And then, yeah, and that, that's what I'm talking about. There's so much going on, so much good stuff going on with yeah. the characters because you have Butcher and, well, Butcher and Huey mm-hmm. betray M.M. because they know that he wants Soldier Boy dead yeah. because of what Soldier Boy did to his, killed his family. Yep. And we keep getting snippets of that, but we don't right. get the full what, gist of what happened. We get the gist of what happened, but not the full story. Uh, and so... And again, what is it? The you know the enemy of my enemy can be is my friend. The enemy of we my don't enemy know about is my friend. Yeah. Yes, and that's what Butcher is counting on. They see because he he looks at it this way: Soldier Boy hasn't done anything in twenty five years or whatever it is right. because he's been you know, in prison uh, or not prison, but he's been a captive of the Russians, experimented upon, all that stuff. So he's looking at what Homelander has done, and again, it's not for the greater good. A lot of what he's doing is because of how he hates Homelander and what he did to his wife and all that stuff. Right. It's he's right. not being altruistic. He's being selfish, just mm-hmm. like Mother's Milk is, wanting to have this specific soup dead. Mm-hmm. Now, what you said a few minutes ago, what happens if this backfires on them? Right. If he does take away, you know, Homelander's power, and you find out that Soldier Boy is every bit as bad. Well, I mean, and look what he did, Crimson Countess, in this one. Yeah, and um, Seth Rogen, stop jerking off in movies and TV shows, please, no, please, please stop, just stop, <laughs> stop. Anyway, um, stop. <laughs> so I mean that was crazy, and and then you know uh, what was it? Paul Paul Reiser as the legend was the casting for that character that I didn't know I needed. It's so, it's great because. Rewatching uh, Stranger Things, got through the first two seasons in the last week, and just started season three this morning. And he was, yeah, he's. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was in season that. two. Yeah, so thought that was pretty cool to see him in there. But yeah, um, yeah, and then we we end with uh, with them with Yo Huey and 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 Butcher walking walking off with Sh- Soldier Boy, leaving yeah, Annie behind. Uh, I will say Huey's powers are part of that gratuitous thing, right? Like as far as like he jumps out of his clothes, it's like, just let him jump with the clothes. Like I get it. Just, you know, or unless they're trying to work up to him learning how to do that or something. Uh, Yeah. Who knows? I mean, but he's only got 24 hours at a time. Yeah. So you can't do a lot of, especially with all the stuff they're doing. Right. So we have three episodes left. Uh, next week is the, it's uh, Herogasm. Erogasm, which yeah. talk about gratuitous. I, I, I'm kind of interested to see, or interest. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little interested to see how they're going to handle that because of uh, the the X-rated nature of, of how that is in the comics. And I mean, not that we haven't had like you know Hell, really rated R NC seventeen things. Yeah, I mean, episode one we have like you know getting pop clawed in in season one. Um, you know, <laughs> but yeah, see, we can turn all these bad guys into, into verbs, you know, <laughs> he a trained her <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. Um, yeah. CNC and Annie walk off. All right. Let's, um, 
we've been talking about this for a while. Let's let's pop over to yeah. our, our last topic, and we're gonna unfortunately kind of have to be a little quick on this one because we're over an hour already. Um, but the the A twenty four everything everywhere all at once. I, I remember seeing this preview and thinking that is a movie I have to see. Yeah. And I think I told you that too. I was like, did you see this? Yes, you did. Did you see this trailer? I I hadn't seen it. I don't think until you, you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, so this is, is starring, uh, Michelle Yeoh, Steven, uh, Steven Sue, uh, who is, is, is data from the Goonies. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kwan, Jenny Slate, Harry Sean Jr., James Hong. Yes. Um, and, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. So just if someone was said, said, Brian, what is this film? And I would say it's the matrix meets, um, oh, what did I say before? I told you the, the matrix meets free guy. Yeah. Um, uh, meets the one, one. yeah. Um, the Jet Li, um, Jason Statham movie, which is back on Netflix. Oh, is it? I, I started watching that. Yeah. A few days yeah, ago. I think I bought it finally. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, so it says here when an interdimensional ru- uh, rupture unravels reality an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Um, so the interesting thing about this is essentially this is Black Widow's power that she finds in Doctor Strange 2, where um, God. Scarlet Witch. Uh, Scarlet Witch. That's right. Sorry, not Black yeah. Widow. Uh, no, so it says here, lewd everything everywhere all at once, prop now for sale. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but no, she's she's got that power where she can uh, like jump into the mind of another person. But like the one, whereas more of the versions of you die, you can gain their powers. And this one, you can like jack into the, all of their skills and and gain their powers. Um, but every every choice you make creates a, a divergent version of you. So like every decision you make every day, like I'm going to walk downstairs instead of like go lay in bed. Um, it creates a new version of you. And the really interesting thing about the version of Evelyn that we meet is she's bad at everything. She's just not, she's not good at anything in particular. And so she ends up being bad at everything, which in turn makes her like the ideal person because she's going to constantly be creating what she needs throughout, you know, the thing. Um, I liked the structure of this movie a lot. I liked, it was very much kind of like, um, kill bill with the part one, part two, part three Mm -hmm. aspect. So part one, everything part two, everywhere, part three, everything, or sorry, (laughs) part three, all at once. Um, and you know, the, the opening was really good. The opening was long. Like the, the, the part one, everything is, is a little over half of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then everywhere and all at once, um, you know, gets through there. There's a lot of really fun gags in here. There's a lot of fun, like, oh, this is just, it's, it's the same universe, but it's different. Um, like Rack Hakuni, uh, is actually my favorite thing from the movie. Um, seeing as I do love the movie Ratatouille. 
<laughs> and he's got the raccoon instead of the rat. Anyway, um, but no, um, so Waymond and Evelyn have their daughter Joy, and the movie opens with them being audited by Jamie Lee Curtis from the IRS. And if I didn't know it was Jamie Lee Curtis, it would have taken me a, a couple minutes to recognize her. Well, I didn't know she was in this, so oh, I, I okay. kept looking. I kept looking. I was like, wait, is that? Yeah. And it took me a few minutes. It took me a few minutes to work this through. Like, I think that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. Absolutely, that's Jamie Lee Curtis. So, so yeah, it, yeah, it did take me a minute to and then, figure um, that out. This is written and directed by the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Um, who, like I said earlier, directed Swiss Army Man, and it was uh, it was produced by the Russos. I did not know that. I didn't know yeah. that part. Oh yeah. So um, I will say, uh, so it's an A twenty four film. Um, you know, A twenty four did movies like Ex Machina. Um, we've talked at length about how we enjoy this studio. Um, I will say it's an hour. It's one hundred and forty one minutes. So it's two hours and twenty minutes long. They easily could have got this down to two hours. Yeah, they could have. I just think there's and, some stuff in everything in, in part one that kind of dragged a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially at the end. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I would say there there at least ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah. That could have been, again, not necessarily all cut, but reworked and right. being to become a tighter movie. Because one of the things I, I, I liken this to, and I know you had seen it, it reminds me a lot of Cloud Atlas, the themes. Yeah. But like I like what you said, the Matrix and also the One. Mm -hmm. There's that mashup in there. Mm -hmm. Because this is a movie that was, you know, when I'm thinking about what this movie's about, it's, it's, a, it's about, like, chance, sometimes chances you don't take. Mm -hmm. And... The, the loneliness at, and, and, you know, just people's different uh, renditions of love mm -hmm. and fulfillment. Yeah. And I mean, there are some really good quotes in here, yeah. you know, just about okay. that, about because uh, what you were just talking about, because the uh, Alpha Wayman tells mm -hmm. her, he's like, you're so good at every like you have. You can do anything mm -hmm. because you're so bad at everything. Right. <laughs> And I will say, if I ever get another dog, I'm naming it Jobu to, uh, Jobu Topaki. I'm a hundred percent. Like, I, I just like I loved how every time they they didn't call her Jobu and they didn't they weren't like Topaki. It was like Jobu Topaki. It was every yeah. time, and it was great. And uh, Steven Sue was so good. He was just so good in this role. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed him. Oh, he yeah. was in Shang-Chi. Huh. What's he in Shang-Chi? He was so. Oh, okay. Wait, this he didn't play Data? Oh wait, no, no sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. I clicked on the wrong character. You're thinking My bad. No, I can't yeah. I clicked on I clicked on the wrong person. Um but anyway. I, I think it was funny because his character at first, you know, you you saw this guy who like didn't seem like he was he had strong of a backbone or anything mm -hmm. like that. But I love, like, I'm trying to find, like, he, he's like, you think because I'm kind that it means I'm naive. And maybe right. I am. It's strategic and necessary. This is how I fight. Mm -hmm. And like, he had some great quotes about, you know, so even though you've broken my heart yet again, and this, this might have been another version of him, 
Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Right. And he was the stable force in her life, in Evelyn's life, because, again, one part one of the reasons they were getting audited is because she was, you know, buying like writing off a karaoke machine. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, because I'm a singer. And then this and, and like D, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, I think it's Deidre, yeah. uh, was kept going through all the stuff that she's bought. And it was examples of Evelyn kind of starting stuff but never finishing it or just it was just like that aimless character and i looked at wayman as her tether because he was the one that kind of stabilized her and stabilized her whole life mm-hmm. even though it just it it, it it came across especially that first part of the movie it, like that was very interesting how this movie started yeah and because it, it throws you off and it doesn't you're like okay where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. But it was important to see the type of chaos that, like, you know, that was Evelyn's life right. and you know, all the stuff she's juggling and her almost frustration with the life she chose. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I loved like Wayman, like at the beginning there when they're leaving and they're in the elevator and it's like he, you know, cause you saw, like when when she was up talking to Joy and you see the um, security cameras, right? Before they go to the IRS building. And Wayman like kind of snaps. And you see him like doing parkour all over the the laundromat. The laundromat, yeah. And and then all of a sudden, you know, um, he snaps back to it and then that. And he puts the, you know the earpieces on her so that she can experience what he's talking about, but he's like trying to be secretive about it. And, um, but when they're leaving, like you said, like, and it all of a sudden switches to this massive Kung Fu. Like it was almost like the movie mayhem a little bit, um, where they're trying to run out and leave and like get out of the building. And he has to do something weird. Like you have to do something weird to like shake your brain pattern to be able to jump and like experience what you, the skills that you need. Um, and he eats the, <laughs> he eats the, uh, the chapstick, which was yeah. gross. Um, but then he's like, he uses the fanny pack, like Bruce Lee with nunchucks. And um, so Kihu Kwan, who was who was Data, and um, you know, I think when back then he went by Jonathan Kihu Kwan, but uh, you know, short round Data, he, he he was great. I loved him in this movie. I loved everything. I loved every version of him that we got. And then oh, uh, yes. when he was doing like all the gung fu, it was amazing. It was so cool to watch. Yeah, I, I really thought his character was. And again, that's why I think this intro was so important because it jars you of how you know, you're thinking about like this is this just the guy who doesn't mm-hmm. you know he doesn't do anything he doesn't you know he doesn't stand up for himself and it's not until as you go through the movie you realize how important he is right to tethering um, Evelyn Evelyn and just the fight that he that that he he just fight like he says he fights a different mm-hmm. way right. He, he tries to find a better way that's not necessarily the most aggressive, but it can still be effective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And th- this is one of those movies you could talk about for a long time just because I mean, there's, there's just so, so much. much going on. Yeah, there's so much to unpack in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and again, I just want to I just like with a 24. I mean, we're talking about like like this is this is as every bit good as like 
uh, Heredity or Eighth Grade or um, like Uncut Gems, which I know a lot of people like. The Lighthouse, which I really liked with... Um, I still need to watch The Lighthouse. With Battinson and, um, and Norman Osborn. Um, I'm just going to call people by that, those names. Um, but they did... Um, like I said, Ex Machina, The Green Knight, which you liked a little more than I did, but it was... I thought it was okay, yeah. but it wasn't um, But, you know, Boy State uh, for Apple TV, which was really good. It was um, it was about Boy State, the, like in Texas. I, I don't know. They had that here in Ohio. I don't know if you ever went to that or not. Um, I'd wanted to, and then I didn't. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, like, it's, it's like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was also a little like John Wickish too, because they were able to activate like anybody. And the cool thing with Joe Butapaki is she, she became evil because she became apathetic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when, when she did that, um, like I liked how she would just turn her head like to like, she was changing the channel to jump bodies. Yeah. Well, with her, yeah, and with her, it was she, and like, it was and, their daughter. Again, Joy, this, by the way, like yeah, you know, spoilers, and, but and, like it was pretty obvious yeah. who it was. From, it was pretty yeah. obvious from the start. Yeah, right. And it, it it occurs because the Evelyn of that world was the one that caused that mm-hmm. by pushing her past her limits, mm-hmm. and basically what she became is the one person who experiences everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. And just imagine that, like all renditions of yourself. The whole everything, the, the everything bag, bagel, I almost said bagel. The everything bagel metaphor is just so apt. And it's like, this is what happens when, when you try to put everything out there all yeah, everywhere all at once. Like, I think this movie, and this is just me reading into it, is a huge metaphor for why we should use less and less social media every day. Oh, yeah. And listen to, like, this is, I love this quote. If nothing matters then all the pain and guilt you feel for making nothing of your life goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's where that that's the summation of Jobu's uh, fight to end everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's Jobu Topaki. Oh, I'm sorry. Jobu. <laughs> you can't, I mean, cause Jobu is, a, is, is <laughs> Her a, major an league. existing. Yeah. I mean, fuck you, Jobu. Yeah. I'll do it myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Serrano could hit the curve, he wouldn't have needed Jobu. <laughs> but then he didn't because he his his real power was self-respect. Um, I loved my, my, my favorite interaction between the two of them. And here's the fun thing about this movie is you actually have to watch this movie. You can't, like, use your phone because it, it goes back and forth between English and subtitles. And then there's a point where they're on an earth where people are rocks or rocks are sentient. I love that part. And they're going back and forth and they're the rocks with the – they're the rocks, but then um, – Waymond is always putting googly eyes on everything because he's just silly and he's trying to have fun a little bit, you know, and, and Evelyn's always yelling at him about it. And then she shows up when they go back to the rock verse and she's got the, uh, <laughs> the, um, what's it called? The googly eyes. Yeah. So, oh, here's a funny thing. Jenny Slate is Debbie the Dog Mom, also known as Big Nose. And the character's name was originally just Big Nose. And it was, uh, they changed it um, because uh, they changed it for the film's digital release because of association with the Jewish stereotypes. So in the credits, it just said Big Nose. 
Because that's how Evelyn refers to her. That's how she called her. Yeah. But she had a big nose. It didn't have anything to do with her anyway. Um, like yeah. at no point do we like, oh, that girl is Jewish. She's got no. It's Jenny Slate. She's got a. Dude, I'm Jenny Slate is super hot. I like Jenny Slate a lot. Like, well, I like Jenny Slate as an actress, and I think Jenny Slate is really pretty. But I don't know anything about her politics, and I don't want to. All I know is she was with that beta male Chris Evans, and then left him. So. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Raccoonie, so the raccoon was great. Oh yeah, I gotta. I didn't add that to the show notes, did I? Oh, because I'm not no. done doing the show notes. All right, hold on. Let me. So out of ten, uh, raccoonies. <laughs> you had to put that in there. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd give it an eight. I really enjoyed this movie uh, as much as any of the other A24. I just love A24 as a studio. It's one of those like Cloud Atlas was a very underrated movie. For, you know, there there that was one of those movies that was a little bit too long as well. But Cloud Atlas was too long in the sense that it was like three hours. Yeah, uh, but, I do. I'm doing eight point two five out of ten. Okay, but I really enjoyed Michelle Yeoh's performance. Uh, like just the dynamic between her and her daughter and her family and Waymond and her, you know her father. Just just the whole family dynamic works for me. What it's saying about life really works for me and, and how you, you can sometimes find yourself finding yourself dissociating emotionally from things. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, is that because you know, you're, you're, you're doing that because you're afraid to face what you did not accomplish uh, and how, how to deal with that. It, it's just, right. that's what I mean. I, I, that's where I really like the, why this movie really resounded with me mm -hmm. is just the idea of, just that human condition of where do you go when you when you don't get to what you want where you want to be and, sure. and how does that affect you right. um and also just real quick james hong in this movie is great he's a treasure i'm going to be really sad when he's too old to do movies anymore um but i loved him i loved him in this um but yeah, so another, this is a $25 million budget. It did 85 million in the box office. So, you know, I mean, it, it didn't light the world on fire, but you know, it, 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 it did well. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I mean, this is, this is, this, it premiered at South by Southwest in March, uh, March 11th, and then it premiered in the U S and on March 25th. But this is exactly the kind of movie that should be premiering at, um, at South by Southwest, you know, this is an independent movie in every stretch of the imagination. And yeah. it's the type of entertainment or it's the type of entertaining film that honestly we need more of. Yes. We're always talking about, you know, doing something unique and not having to necessarily be a, a remake, a sequel, a, what a franchise. Right. That's why I like A24 and, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, I like a lot of some of the stuff that Bloomhouse does as well because you know, it, and they, they're, they're focusing on the story. Mm -hmm. You're betting because, again, with, when you have that smaller budget, you can't blind people with, you know, the pretty CG and, and the lights and all that right. stuff. You actually have to do something to keep their interest instead of just tossing popcorn at them. Right. And that's why that's, that's the thing that where A24 excels at. And that's, this is just another example of that. Right. 100%. Um, yeah, like you, you hit it, you hit it on the head. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, this is like, you know, it's a weird, 
it's a weird movie. I like weird movies. I like things that are just kind of odd and a little off putting because it is off putting. It, it's very much in the yeah. vein of, um, well, it's not very much in the vein of, it's very similar to the, uh, the one we, the, the Jesse Eisenberg, um, the art of self-defense. Right. Right. Which, um, <laughs> that guy did a new movie called duel with, uh, Karen, um, Gillen that we have to watch. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it's. I bought it. Like I, I watched the preview and I immediately bought it. So we we can talk about it later. But um, but anyway, this is uh, you know. Th- this is this is just the type of type of movie that like I would love to see more of, and I'm bummed that I didn't see this in the theater. I'd wanted to get to it, and then it was just in and out so fast that, you know. But. Um. Yeah. So, uh, largely Asian cast, obviously. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. I, I was, I was really, uh, you know, in, oh, and, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Sue as, uh, sorry, Stephanie Sue as, uh, as Jojo Topaki slash joy was really good. I really liked her. Yeah. I thought she was great in this as so, well. Um, she's in asking for it on that's on Netflix, I think. Is that that might be a Netflix one, um, or maybe it's not a Netflix movie? But I just remembered her from that movie, asking for it that had uh, Ezra Miller and Luke Hemsworth in it. Um, but yeah, and then TV show wise, oh, she did Aquafina is Nora from Queens. She was oh, she's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as uh, Joel's girlfriend. That's who she was. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. Anyway, um, Maylin. So yeah, it's uh, it was a good cast. I, I actually really liked her. I thought she did a really good job, um, and especially like trying to like introduce uh, her girlfriend to to her grandpa um, to Gogo or uh, not Gogo uh, as Gong Gong was was really mm-hmm. good. So Becky, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Becky was the girlfriend's name. So um, there is one scene that is like a little like gratuitously <laughs> sexual, but it's still really funny um, at the same time. Uh, but like it, it, they called the problem is, is they called the shot the first time you saw that trophy. Oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, this is going someplace Somewhere. very uncomfortable, like the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> so. And if you don't get that reference, you're too young. Anyway, uh, all right, cool. We're at an hour and a half calling it. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I, I would just say go watch it. Watch yes. this movie. Yes. It's, it's such a good movie. And it, it it reminds me in a way of, you know, when you ask questions about mm-hmm. stuff, it, yeah. like, why I, like Whiplash. Like yeah. Whiplash, how far will you go to become what you want to be? And right. this is more like how will life, how will you, like your fa- how will your mm-hmm. failures affect your life going yeah. forward? Yep. Absolutely. Good note to end on. All right. We will be back next week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com 
follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Later.